I was driving in my van across the USA. Um, I hadn't had that many sales and I was stuck at a gas station in the middle of like Kansas or something. And I could see the gas, but I could not even afford to fill up my tank because I was broke. Um, and I, I, need, I wanted to get to my friend's place, which was in like the next state over, but I just couldn't make it there because I couldn't afford it. And so that's kind of like what I was like really debating on is NFTs worth it? Hey, Wiki Hunters, welcome back to the Art of Photography podcast, where we share photographer's journey and show how photography have given us hope, purpose, and happiness. And today, we have somebody who have given a lot to the community, who have worked very hard, um, you know, around a project in NFT as well as outside of NFT. And I'm just so excited to have her in, um, in this podcast and share not only about her successes, but also her journey and what makes her, um, you know, the artist that she is today. Hey, Rachel, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for that great introduction. I am very happy to be here and uh, share a little bit more about myself. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I've been following you um, for quite some time now on Twitter, and I've been seeing not only your great photography as well as your digital art, but what you've done for the community is just incredible. So I, I'm just excited to have you here. Um, but before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself, right? Uh, what's, uh, what make you fall in love with either photography or digital art yourself? Yeah, so that's a good question. And I think, um, Many people expect my photography journey to be a lot longer than it is, but I didn't do photography. I didn't take pictures until 2019. Um, so that's only about three years of actually taking photographs. Um, of course, before I would take photographs on like your phones or like, you know, point and shoot cameras on your travels, but it was never really for photography, um, really my love of photography sprouted from my love of travel. I, um, I've traveled quite a bit on my own since I was 12 years old. And I would always come back and I'd just be like, hey everyone, I, I had this great experience. You wanna see pictures? Of course it'd be like this five megapixel like camera phone, like blurry, out of focus, like not really able to see anything in those pictures. I'm like, uh, like how can I help share the life experiences I was having with other people. Um, so uh, yeah, that it kind of sprung from that. Um, but with art, I've always loved art. Like growing up, I was not in public school. I was in a Waldorf education system and they do a lot of like experimental um, observation and hands-on learning. Um, really delving deep into the art. So I've done everything from metal smithing to stained glass lamp making to weaving to painting with like acrylics or oils or every other medium. I, I grew up surrounded by art and I never really wanted to be an artist growing up because I was like, well, 
is so fluffy and light. Like I want to be someone people can respect and have like, you know, some sort of clout in, in life be like, yeah. Cause my entire extended family is like lawyers and doctors, you know, all the, those heavy, hard STEM people and they're brilliant people. And I think growing up, I always thought artists were not smart. Um, which is why when I went to college, I, you know, went hardcore into like pre-med medical anthropology. Um, I wanted to be a doctor, <laughs> but after about two years of no art in my life, I realized that I was really ignoring a big part of myself. Um, I have a brain where I need both the logical and the creative sides. And I think they both go hand in hand, but, um, uh, picking science over art was uh, was a bad choice for me personally. I still love learning about, you know, medical practices. I still love reading those like um, papers and research and things like that. But I know for myself, I need to have that balance of creative and structure. And actually that's where photography kind of comes in. You know, there's so much more to just snapping a picture when you start learning photography. I mean, it takes people's years, years just to learn how to use their camera. I know for me, I still don't know how to use my camera fully. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's fun and it's creative and it's enabled me to interact with the world in such a personable, but also comfortable place. Cause I'm not someone who just like inserts herself. I like to observe life as it happens before me. I like to live in the moment. And photography really lets me to find a place that I can be comfortable in and partake and essentially preserve those stories that happen around me. Wow. I mean, I know you are going to be inspiring, but you know, we just started and you are already, there's so many inspiration already in there. Um, you know, I, I, and I can relate so much, you know, growing up in an Asian uh, culture, the, the goal was to either be an accountant, an engineer, or a doctor. <laughs> it was like the trifecta. So it's, I can totally understand where you're coming from. But it's crazy to learn that, you know, you have, um, you have so many different um, art. Um, so you have tried so many different parts of art um, as you were growing up and, you know, trying different things. So it sounded like photography has come a little later, but art come first. Is that, is that, uh, is that accurate? Cool. So like, you know, uh -huh. what really draw you into, I mean, you kind of say that it's, um, it's the travel, right? But you also say that you've been traveling since you were 12 years old. So why two years ago what was that one thing that really like you know pushed you to pursue the art of photography yeah that's a good question um <laughs> uh well i think a lot of people grow up on like national geographic and like lonely planet and we see those travel places and we're like oh i wish we could go there um or like oh i wish i could see that and in my travels i was I was seeing a lot of those things. I've, I've been around the world many, many times. Um, I think I've flown over a million miles in like 10 years, <laughs> but it, it's so hard to um, find your way in travel. And after college with my travel background, I was actually a travel specialist for a really big company. Um, 
because this is recorded, I don't think I can say, but um, I worked with some very, very wealthy people. And that really opened my eyes to a different way of traveling because before I've always been in the volunteer study abroad sector of like, I'm a, can I swear on this? <laughs> like I'm a shit ass poor student just trying to, you know, travel. So I would take every opportunity to raise money for my trips. Um, my parents didn't really help me, you know, fund it. Like I wasn't ever, you know, just given trips abroad. Like I had to work for it. I had to earn it. And I also had to work on the trips. Um, but then with my college, well, post-college job as a travel specialist, I was working with these budgets that were so far beyond my limited worldview, even though I had been around the world, my worldview, uh, my perspective of the world was through um, a smaller budget. And suddenly this job opened my eyes to experiences I never even thought possible. And I stuck with that job for like 10 months, um, but I was able to pay off my college debt with it. I sold everything. I like got rid of my apartment. I got rid of my beds, like everything. And then that Christmas I asked, you know, Santa or my family for Christmas money to buy a camera. And so I took my Christmas money in 2018 and I bought my first like big camera that I had no idea how to use. Um, <laughs> and that was a Nikon D850. Um, wonderful, wonderful beast of a camera. It's an amazing camera, but um, it's very heavy. And uh, I realized that when I wanted to, what I wanted to do was travel more and how can I make money on the road? Um, and I was like, I'm going to try photography, even though I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I have no experience, whatever. I'm going to do it. Um, and I think a lot of people want to do the same thing. They see this life and they're like, oh, I wish I could do this. Um, but I'm someone who, when I see something of like, I want to do that, have to do it. Like, <laughs> I will try my best. Um, and it was great. I packed up a backpack that January. I was in Peru with a group of other remote people, and I was able to connect with a woman who was working on a food documentary down in South America. And that was my first sort of like a official job. And I, I had a lot of fun. Um, a lot of fun, too much fun that year, just chasing every opportunity to get that experience um, with a camera. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I still have a lot to learn, but I think it really shaped me to work fast, uh, to really understand that I have milliseconds to capture something before it never happens again. And that, that's really helped me with my, uh, my workflow. That's incredible, you know, um, just hearing your courage to go through um, everything that you have gone through and then to push through and um, try to, or I shouldn't say try because you chase a dream that you kind of, you know, doubted it in, in the first, but then you just take a chance on it and just go on a leap of faith and jump head in first and just go and do it. That is something that I find very inspiring. Um, so I see that you, you, you do a lot of digital art as well, uh, you know, like a, a composite as well as, you know, like a, a illustrative, which 
are incredible. Um, you know, I, I think um, I saw, you know, is that your, um, your foundation piece, the one that you have it like, you know, at um, 28 ETH? It was just, you know, I, when I first saw that, it was just such dreamy uh, work and, you know, it was so beautiful. So how does photography and digital art kind of complement each other in your world? So, yeah, I got into photography because I wanted to capture the world around me and share those experiences and those moments. Um, but digital art, it's very hard to say I'm a digital artist, even though I technically am. Um, and that's how kind of like the permission that NFT and the NFT space has given me the ability and kind of courage to say that I do some digital art. Um, before, when I came into NFTs, it was December of last year. So I've only been in the NFT space for about six months. Um, and I, you know, coming in, I had like this whole big plan and idea of what kind of photographer I'm going to be known as, you know, it's a reset. And within like a week, I was like, well, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. I have the whole world in front of me. And why am I pigeonholing myself into this ideal of of who I thought I wanted to be when I was coming from a very limited web to Instagram mindset. And that's why I minted not a photograph as my Genesis piece. I minted this wandering wildling composite work um, made from many different images. Uh, and I animated it and um, I wrote a poem to it. And to me, that was, that was a promise to myself that it was okay to be something other than who I am or who I was. Um, to me, that, that is such a personal piece of art because it came from a really dark time when I was questioning photography last, you know, in 2020. Um, I, you know, when it was like kind of a shitstorm everywhere and there's so much uncertainty and, you know, people were telling me left and right of what I needed to do as a photographer to make it, um, I felt that NFTs and, and, and the NFT space gave me that sense of, it's okay, Rachel. You don't have to listen to everyone and you don't have to follow in the footsteps of the great people because that's their story. Your story is different. And that's now that's me, you know? <laughs> my poem with the, my Genesis, Wandering Wildling, is um, it's about traveling. It's about having that restless soul. Um, which I know I'm incredibly privileged and lucky to have such a life um, and ha to have had the experiences. Um, and I know people would be like, if only I had half of your experiences, I would be happy. But, um, you know, sometimes it's like, once you have a bite, you get bitten by the travel bug and you just can't stop, you know, it's with you forever. Um, and I've had to work through those emotions of why do I, why am I so restless? Why, why am I not happy with what I've had? Um, and I am happy, but you know, there's always going to be a big part of me that's going to be like, okay, what next? Where to next? Let's go. Wow. That's just, you know, that, that was a big inspiration you dropped right there. That was just incredible, you know, sharing that uh, whole journey, what you feel, um, you know, I think it's, it's really hard, especially, 
um, in this social media era, we see people who are succeeding. And uh, a lot of times, you know, people would say, well, why don't you just uh, model their, their, what they're doing? And then, you know, you should be somewhat successful if they're successful doing what they do. So we get a lot of that or uh, imposter syndrome and, you know, having to kind of follow what everyone who had success in this space and try to um, model what they're doing. But it's just such an inspiration how you decided to, you know, to, to, to put a stop on it and say that, okay, well, that is one way to go about it, but you decided to go to, to find your own path, right? Whether or not it's, it's the right way, we're never going to know until you try it. And, you know, I think that is the biggest courage is to just give it a go. So you mentioned that there was so many um, so many advices, so many voices coming left and right of you know what you should do uh, about your uh, you know what you should do what you should do um, in the future to go about you know your photography. What are um, I'd like to know what are some of the, the advices on that and what, you know, because I know that you say that in the end, you decided to just, you know, follow your own path. What are some of those advices and whether or not you have tried to follow that through before you find your own path to get there? Yeah, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a really good question. And I am stalling while I think about the answer. Um, I think for me, I've always viewed the now as a perpetual launching pad. Um, I know in the past I've been a perfectionist where I don't want to like do anything without it being perfect. And I think a lot of us do the same thing. Like we don't feel confident in what we're doing. So we hold back. We actually hold ourselves back by saying perfection is what we're trying to obtain. But really we all know that saying it's not perfect is just saying it's an excuse. And um, there's no perfect moment for when, you know, you should do something. And as creative people, I know absolutely, it's very hard for us to do something that we don't feel that excitement to do. Um, but I think that's where my sort of more like logical structured brain comes into play because I know that motivation doesn't happen every day. But when I chose to do photography as my job, as my career a couple of years ago, I acknowledged that I would have to work even if I didn't feel motivated. Um, I would have to do things even if I did not want to do them. Um, and that's something that people forget. When you choose to do an art form as a career or a business, or even try to sell your work, you're going to have to not just do the art. You're going to have to do a lot more <laughs> to everything. Um, basically, we have to be little birds and jump out of our, our nest and grow wings as we fall. Because th there's no other better way to learn how to do something, in my opinion, like by walking and struggling that we, we get to forge something different within us. And that's what makes us stand out. So um, in the NFT space, um, yeah, you know, every, when I came in in December and January, everyone was like, oh, we have to sell and price your one of one work super high. And 
you know, like you said before, like we get this imposter syndrome when we try to replicate these amazing people in this space before us because we admire them, we respect them, that they're in a place that we want to be in. But what we forget is that we're taking their stories, we're taking what they've done out of context. We've taken it out of the time, the situation, the, the history, the, even the privilege of what those people were doing at that time. And we're trying to apply it to ourselves. And of course, ultimately that fails because we're, we're just repeating something that did work once, might work for another person, but won't work for everyone else. Um, so for me, I heard what people said I was looking at what was happening, but really what I was doing the first month was I was learning about the space, what was going on. I was learning more about the technology of what made NFTs different than just selling a digital image. Um, and I think I was one of the first people to bring back editions. Editions were done last year. And when I proposed the idea of additions to people, they're like, oh, don't do that. No, no, no. Like, that's just a race to the bottom. Like, now we're going back to stock images. But what I think people forgot when they were talking about additions was one, additions is a great way to be more affordable to more people. And also when it sells out, or even if you price it right and sells out halfway, <laughs> you get way more money for that image faster than if you had, you know, priced it super high and waited like eight, 10, four years for it to sell. That is not me. I am someone who likes results and I am someone who, as I said, chose to make photography my job and my income. I needed sales. Um, and I know a lot of other people need sales. Sales are great. We love sales. I do not support this whole like starving artist mentality because as an artist, I don't want to be starving. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. <laughs> but that's not the goal. The goal isn't to just starve and like break myself for my art. Like the goal is to make my art be that ticket to financial freedom so that I can continue making art and also do other things um, and not just, you know, be a slave to, to marketing myself or things like that. I'm totally rambling. I totally forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You you just dropping a lot of inspiration. You know, I I love how you just share a lot of that hardship, and I I'm pretty sure a lot of that. You know, I was not sure if you noticed, but I was like noting the whole way through because like I I know at some point I was feeling that you know, and um some of us still feel the same way. So um I think a lot of people have gone through that same thing, and you know, being able to. Uh, when I started this podcast was that it, I, I came across this burnout and I was just want to know, you know, what people gone through to, to be where they are. So hearing people journey and, you know, hearing that people, other people who have succeeded in this space also come up with a struggle, it really helps, uh, it helps them. Right. So I'm very grateful that you're happy to open that up to us and to share and be vulnerable around that. So I, you know, I am very much very grateful for that. So if we had to think about, you know, what was um, the hardest moment in in this journey that perhaps um, I'm not sure if you ever had a moment where you feel like, you know what. I don't think it's worth it. I'm just going to quit um, or, or, or whatnot. Uh, but if there is a moment like that, then 
what what was that moment like? Wow, that's yeah. I've, <laughs> so despite all of my highlights and wins, I definitely have had moments where I wanted to just sell everything and go to an easy nine to five boring job um, because having being art like an artist and traveling as much as I do um, it's not stable it's not easy anyone who's ever tried to find a job in today knows that finding a job is really hard and I have to essentially find a job every single day to work um, or every week you know and so it's it's different and it's hard and it does mentally take a toll on you. Um, one of my first bigger breaks was during COVID. You know, I had been traveling a lot and suddenly COVID hit. So I went and bought a house in like Oregon. I did not know anyone. Everything was being shut down. I had no friends. Um, and it was just really hard for me to, to readjust to life in one place. Um, and I know that sounds super privileged, but it was just the way my brain had been um, working for the past several years was just constantly moving. And then when I was stuck and not being able to even experience Oregon, that was hard. Um, I, I felt like I was just this rainbow sheep of my family far away from it, people. And yeah, it was very disconnecting. And I think that really showed me that I am an introvert but I'm a social introvert and I do need people and human interactions in my life. Um, but with NFTs, I think probably one of my lowest points was actually back in, was it March? Um, I was driving in my van across the USA. Um, I hadn't had that many sales and I was stuck at a gas station in the middle of like Kansas or something. And I could see the gas, but I could not even afford to fill up my tank because I was broke. Um, and I, I, need, I wanted to get to my friend's place, which was in like the next state over, but I just couldn't make it there because I couldn't afford it. And so that's kind of like when I was like really debating on is NFTs worth it? Am I putting my efforts into the wrong place? Like, can I realistically like give so much of myself to this NFT community, to selling NFTs of my art and things like that um, to make it worth my while? And I think that's a, what a lot of people need to do is they really need to take a hard look at their situation and know exactly what they want, what their ability is to contribute and then understand just how much they want it because in my opinion that struggle the struggle like some of the hardest times of my life have led to some of the best decisions of my life because from that hunger of that physical hunger as well as that mental hunger of something wanting something better it pushes people in my opinion to do something new and that's kind of like you asked me um a piece of advice. And for me, it's that if you want something more with your life, you have to become something more. And that is like kind of the catalyst for most of my struggles. When I'm in the gutters, when I'm like in the ninth la layer of Dante's hell, I realize I have to change. 
And change is painful, but it's short term. So when I change, my situation changes. When like I want something to become better, I have to become better. And that's a hard truth to hold with someone within yourself is to like be like, okay, I'm not good enough, but not dwell in that I'm not good enough. Be like, okay, well, I'm not where I want to be because I'm not that person yet. So when I tell this a lot to my people um, is when you're thinking about your past, when you're defining who you are right now by your past wins, you're basically limiting yourself by who you were. Instead of being like, what would Rachel do? Or like, what would this, because I've accomplished this in the past, how does that lead to a better future? I should be really thinking on, if I want to be this in the future, what would they tell me? And they would tell me vastly different things than if I went to my past self. Um, and I think that's something that we can all work on. I still work on it every day to be like, okay, this is where I want to be. What would they tell me? What would they tell me to do to get to where they are? Wow, that's a good piece of advice right there, Rachel. Um, you know, I think um, there's, there's a saying that, um, that says, you know, if you, um, I think it was from by Albert Einstein or something like that. But, you know, if you, the, the definition of insanity is when you try to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So if you look back on the past and you look to it as, uh, and let it judge your future, um, as you said, um, you know, it's essentially doing exactly just that, you know, if it didn't work on the past, well, then it's time to do something different, find a different path, uh, you know, talk to different people, not, you know, thinking about those in the past and let it uh, define your future. So, um, yeah, like, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, that quote really something that really stuck in my head. And I was struggling with that as well, actually, quite a bit. Um, uh, up until last year, until I took like a few different like seminars and coaching and so forth. So um, now talking about NFT, I know we kind of, um, you know, talk about uh, here, kind of your story here and there. But when you first find out about NFT, what really draw you into NFT and what makes you um, want to be part of this movement? Yeah, so obviously I think like many people, I was intrigued by this ability to make money off my art. Um, a lot of my friends were in the space in 2021. Um, and, you know, they were having a lot of success. It seemed it was like pretty easy. And I was just like, oh, cool. Another way to make some money. Great. Um, and so I got in, uh, but I realized it wasn't as easy. And that's when I started, and like I said before, I was starting to learn more about what is an NFT? What is the blockchain? Why Ethereum? Um, what exactly does this kind of technology mean? And for me, I got so excited. I'm not a technology person. I'm like someone you have to explain the something for dummies books to because I'm, I'm mm -mm. technology is not my friend. Um, but then I got so excited learning about this and I'm learning kind of the steps that have led to what is now NFTs and NFT art. Um, I was, I realized that this was something that was still happening, still growing. And if I could come in and help shape the future of what this looks like, I want in. Like that to me, 
it's a matter of not just learning, but shaping the future that better serves us artists, that better serves us as individuals. I was like, I would regret not being a part of this movement. And that's kind of like my bigger philosophy in this space. It's not to be, you know, the highest selling photographer. I know I'm, I'm not going to be. Even if I like killed myself, I, I'm pretty sure I won't be. And that's not what I want to be in the space. Like I wanted to be someone who comes in and whose voice is heard. Uh, one of the biggest uh, things that a lot of motivating idols of my life have said was they regret not speaking up louder. They regret not speaking up sooner. And for me, this is exactly my mentality coming into this space. Right now, I'm about building and connecting and listening and learning of what's going on, of what's you know happening and trying to find solutions. I am a results-driven person. Um, like I, I need those wins. I, I want those wins. I want those connections and those, um, those building blocks that lead to somewhere. I can't just like end at a specific transaction. Um, and for me, that is basically my driving force with Art First is after having the wins that I've had in this space, which I'm incredibly thankful for, um, I realized that I'm not just an artist in this space. I'm a builder. I want to be known as a builder in this space. I want to connect people. I want to help other people. And I think when you ask any, any creative, like any photographer, really, we love to share the knowledge that we've taken years to acquire and help others. I mean, how many photographers do you know have workshops? How many of them, you know, are always open to, you know, sharing what they know and helping someone learn how to take photographs? Like, we're educators. I mean, we intake information and we, you know, process it and then we have to output it somewhere. Sometimes it's in an, in an image, sometimes it's in a workshop, sometimes it's in a tutorial, sometimes, you know, it's in a email list and PDF forms, like, you know, we create. And that sort of drive, I think, is why so many of us artists are here, is we are intaking all of this information of what is happening in the NFT blockchain space. And then we are kind of taking it in and kind of like with the rest of my life, I have to put something out. I, I do not settle. I do not sit. I do not, you know, um, hold myself back away in the way I did in the past. Um, so yeah, for me, it's very exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited about everything that's happening and what will happen. And I'm trying to incorporate all of those little bits of information and building something, which is my art first community um, into something that will help other people. Right now, of course, you have to pay to get into it uh, because I <laughs> I don't have big financial backers. Um, so, but this is a more grassroots effort of, you know, coming together as artists, coming together as collectors and growing and shaping a future that will benefit us artists, um, you know, helping to establish this art in the metaverse because there is a lot to NFTs. It's not just photography. And I think a lot of us forget that. Um, and it will become even more. So if I can start, you know, establishing art in a way that is valued 
in a way that helps people, in a way that people can easily get into, easily can support, and easily connect with each other. Um, that to me is what this technology is facilitating, is that ability to connect and communicate and have compounding benefits for both sides. Um, now I'm rambling. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I love hearing about you know your journey and how you know the mindset behind the whole NFT as well as um, that it's it's a tool, right? Um, I think a lot of people forget that. A lot of people think that NFT is just a way to make money. That you know, but it's bigger than that. Like you say, it's it's just a tool, and the tool, the thing that's so exciting that I think many people forget about NFT is that. It is it's a technology that is still very new in the space that have so many potential on how we apply in uh, in real life as um, as an artist, right? So um, yeah, I'm so excited about what the future holds for sure. So you talk about artverse and you know building a community. Um, and you kind of touch base uh, into different things of you know what uh, what you've done, what what is uh, going in the future. Uh, but why not introduce it in a more formal way? What is art, art first, and what it is that you're um, you know what was the vision behind it, and what you're trying to build out of it? Absolutely. So. Briefly, how it started was when I made my first one-on-one sale. Um, when, when, remember when I was talking about how I was at a gas station, couldn't afford gas to even get to where I needed to go. Um, I decided to drop my first image that I ever sold as a canvas print um, the year before. I dropped it on foundation and I dropped that reserve price to point one. Yeah, it was point one. And Everyone was like, don't do it, Rachel, don't do it. You're basically shooting yourself in the foot. Like you gotta stay strong. You gotta just, you know, maintain that trust and whatever in yourself. And I was like, you know what? I cannot fucking afford, I'm sorry. I cannot afford <laughs> to wait 10 months for this thing to sell. I need ETH now so that I can get to where I need to go. And so, you know, I didn't just throw any image out there. I threw out one of my most beautiful images in my opinion out there and it meant a lot to me and you know it was, it was a little hard pill to swallow to think that I could sell this image only once for 200 bucks at the time um but you know it it ended up being amazing and I had bidding wars the community was pumping me up because it was my first sale and it, it filled me with such a sense of gratitude that I had to take whatever I could do and repay back the community in some way. What can I do myself that would help other people find that same sense of fulfillment and happiness in sales? Um, and the collector of the piece, Miyama Matt, he basically told me in a message, he was like, Rachel, I wasn't going to spend that much on you. But by the community showing up and hyping you and really supporting this, I went higher. I went higher than I originally had thought. And it wasn't because my image was just that much better. It was because of my community. And I realized just how strong that social proof aspect of Web3 
is to sales. I was like, wow, how can I do that? And that's what led to Art First. Art First really is a community of artists and collectors where people are trying to do everything on their own. In my opinion, it's a way for artists to find their voice and to elevate their voice in this space. They don't need to speak louder. They don't need to post more. They don't need to like, you know, be the best. But how can we elevate them in this space where they can be respected and acknowledged and known? Um, and that comes from a community. So what the Artverse does, and this is just in the past, in the first month of it being uh, a community, is we've had one-on-one -on -one coaching um, with artists where they learn how to talk about their art. We get to like deep dive into their social medias and how they're presenting themselves and try to find ways that they can improve their own presence within this space, because I think that's very important. We are artists, but <laughs> sometimes we don't always present our best foot forward. Um, and that's, that's just normal. That's human. Uh, we also have um, websites and newsletters coming out. Um, we have, you know, a Discord going, but I'm terrified of Discord. So actually, a lot of the Art First community are not the biggest fan on Discord. So I've listened to them, and we are actually in the process of making the Art First app. Um, I'm playing around with the name of it, but they will be a lot more centralized into an app with all the benefits of the Art First Um one really exciting part is we're creating the ability to have more of these onboarding sessions of where like little modules or lessons that people can actually get answers to. Because, you know, on Twitter, we have a lot of spaces, lots of great knowledge, but I hear a space and then I forget it by like the next hour, no matter how amazing it is. Like I forget it. I, I need something that I can go back to that I can, you know, read that I can, you know, listen to again and not lose all of that really good information within the stream and noise of Twitter. Um, and that's what the R first is. It's going to be this centralized point for education and connecting people and artists and collectors and finding answers, you know, because I think a lot of people who come into the NFT space, they're like, um, I just talked to my friends, but I don't know what the fuck is happening. <laughs> like, I, like, where do I find this information? Where do I even start? Like, there's so many different people saying different things. Like, I think for me, that was like what took me the longest of finding a community in this space was just trying to find information. And so that's that's a big part of Art First is having that centralized information resource aspect to the app and, you know, to the community. But um, we're also do like for collectors, if you want to, if you're a collector interested in the art first, a lot of the art first artists will be able to, um, or they have been offering the collectors of art first discounted prices. And I know that word is a little tricky, but essentially it's um, a way that artists can get their work out in front of collectors before the rest of the public. Um, collectors can know what's happening with these artists that they might like and follow or new artists without the noise of like being forgotten in the Twitter feeds. Because um, for me, battling the algorithms of social media, it sucks. 
we all know it's like a whole full-time job even if art is not your career just to be on twitter is like a full-time job um to constantly promote yourself to constantly like post things to like you know to engage with other people <laughs> it art first is really trying to find ways and systems where they can post things they can engage but that has compounding benefits in the future where it's like they do it once and it will be taken forward in a way that really highlights their work. It's not just going to be lost to the ethers of the internet. Um, so that's exciting. Lots more coming to it, but uh, can't really talk too much about it. Well, I think you've shared enough. And I think the biggest thing, you know, um, the biggest thing that I want the audience to hear is just how, I think, first of all, how you um show i think this is a great case study where you show people that our uh, nft is not only about sales right you utilize the the uh, technology of nft and you build a community around it to not only um generate sales but also to benefit other people to help other artists to build a community so that um, you know, you're, you're fighting the algorithm, which is, which everyone hates, right? I feel like if there is any um, biggest wall between us and our dreams as an artist, it's the algorithm. So anytime as people saying that, we just like, oh, hallelujah. Thanks for that, right? So, and then, you know, secondly, you, you show people that um, how important the community is. And I think, you know, coming from um, the Instagram sort of era where it's more about showing who you are and what you're doing, you know, um, the Web 3.0 is a bit different. It's about, you know, how you can give back to each other. So that's really good to, to be able to see that and to, to have you kind of um, demonstrate that. But, you know, lastly, I think there are a lot of artists out there who are a great artist, a great photographer, and their photos are amazing, but their voice hasn't been heard. Their, you know, their art hasn't been seen. And you are um, you know, building something where it can help them and facilitate them to, to get all that happening. So, wow, you know, that's just it's so inspiring from somebody who... Um, you know, not sure if art was the thing, don't know what they want to, uh, you know, what she want to do, getting stuck in a petrol station, not knowing how to get to the, ne to the, to the destination. And here you are building a community and it's been something that's um, quite successful in, in the NFT space. So massive kudos to you. Now, one thing that I got me wonder, right? Uh, <clears throat> you shared some of your hardship, um, you know, all the, the, the struggles and the, um, the things that you have to go through to, to be where you are today. And you also share all of these um, successes as well that goes with it. Now, I know that it's not easy to kind of push through all this hardship and get to where you want to be, but what are your motivation? Um, what, is there like, that one motivation that you always think of or you always remember when basically um, everything come and fall apart? What is that one thing that keep you going from day to day and just keep at it to pursue this dream of yours? Well, one is food. I love food and food costs money and I need money to buy food. 
Um, <laughs> that's the fun answer. That's the fun answer. Um, uh, what keeps me going? I think it's a it's a complicated question because you know every day that my purpose and why changes, um, my goals change, and with my goals changing, my purpose has to pivot and change. Um, and for me, I think it's a matter of not wanting to live the same day over and over again. I don't wanna wake up in like 10 years and be like, wow, I cannot qualify my life in more than just what I can do in a week. Um, and for me, that's just kind of my, my blessing and curse is that I cannot settle. I do not like routine. I do not like, you know, doing the same thing. And that might be my creative soul speaking out. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think for me, it's a matter of the future. I, I live in the moment. I live so fully in the moment. Like I try to practice mindfulness of being grateful of where I'm at, of what I do, of what I have, of you know, really assessing things. But then I also have my eyes set to the future and I have a lot of hope. Like I have a lot of hope and belief and not just photography and not just NFTs, but like in where I wanna be in life. Um, I don't wanna always be struggling and I know everyone doesn't wanna be struggling. And I know that if I want to change my situation, I need to push hard and that's okay because I love working. I think people see discomfort as a bad thing. They see work as a bad thing. But even as a kid, I love doing homework. I, I love doing what I do, even if like the task itself is not very exciting or like worth it, in my opinion. If I know it's a stepping point to where I want to go, done. It's, it's happening. Um, so... <laughs> There's this, I think it's the Marines who say, when your body is ready to give up, when your mind is telling you, you cannot go further, you're only about 45% of the way there. You have, what is it? 55% more capacity to keep going. And I think that's something that I really hold strongly for myself. Um, that's a standard, that's a life mindset that I hold to myself where I'm like, okay, when I'm ready to throw my computer against the wall and I'm ready to like delete the Twitter app or, you know, stop backpacking or whatever, I have to, I remind myself that I'm not even halfway to my potential. I'm not even halfway to what I actually can achieve. Um, and that pushes me because it's like that, that um, saying, you have to believe in yourself because no one else will. I think there should also be the follow-up. You have to push yourself because no one else is going to push you harder than you are going to push yourself. And if you don't push yourself, like, yes, there'll be other people rooting you on and supporting you. But if you're just riding on the support of others, you're not going to achieve anything more than what they believe in you. And that is dangerous. That is so dangerous to live your life based on what other people think of you and what other people expect of you. And I'm not gonna go into it, but due to some childhood things, 
I realized that I could not listen to people, even people I trusted, even people in positions of power. I did not want to give them that power to define who I could be. So that's where I have a lot of faith and hope and belief in myself. Um, and that drives me forward. Even when I have rough days, even when I have imposter syndrome days, I remind myself that I am 55% able to keep pushing, that I can keep going because there is much more within me, even if sometimes that answer or action is unknown. I know there's so much more inside of me that I can do. So that's, yeah, long story short. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, you know, I'd, uh, I totally can relate to that. I think, you know, it, uh, and sometimes the people who are closer, closest to us are the one that's, um, that's the most dangerous to, to listen to, right? Um, not because they, not because that they don't want us to be succeed, but it's, it's, it's because of that. It's because they're, they love us and they speak from, the love right and they don't want us to ever suffer but if you never suffer then you're never gonna expand and grow so it's i think it's it's a big mindset that our parents perhaps because i know like you know my parents um she, she you know they had to um you know like uh, work a lot to to be able to raise us and give us a comfortable life and you know just like what you say you know they they sometimes they don't know where the next money gonna come from you know to provide and stuff like that so I think you know out of that they don't want their kids to ever felt that again right but yeah like you know if you if you if you have that mindset then you're right like we're just gonna hit that that limitation of of what um of that belief system so it's absolutely important to just stick through with your dreams and just keep going um yeah that's amazing well rachel um you know it's been a great chat um it's it's been so many inspiration just talking to you and this is why i love this podcast right i really get to know the person behind what they the 160 characters that they put out on social media you know so it, i really appreciate this uh this um you know getting to know you uh through this podcast and i'm sure our listener would too um you have mentioned, you know, I'm usually asked this question about, you know, that one piece of advice, but you have mentioned that one piece of advice. Um, is there anything that you want to add in terms of the one piece of advice that you would tell your younger self um, if you if you could? Mm. <laughs> well, okay, so right now, I just had my birthday. I'm 28 years old. And Thank you. <laughs> and my goal for this year is growth. That's my, that's my word of this year. Last year it was pivot. Um, and that was just so that I could pivot into whatever was happening. That's how I got into NFTs. I was like, okay, this is something I'm pivoting into. I'm going to lean into it. Um, but now I found a place that I feel really happy and confident in. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. How can I grow? Um, so my last two little bits of advice as my top sort of, um, missions for this year is I need to do something right. I don't need to do it right now. And that gives me the permission to take my time, um, to not FOMO into things to, you know, really give myself the grace to do it right. Because, you know, everyone works at a different pace. 
I take a lot longer to do something, which is why I'm always on. Um, and people are like, oh, you do so much. I'm like, yeah, because I'm just constantly chipping away at this massive boulder to carve something that I want to have, um, a, a thing of beauty, in my opinion. And it takes time, a little knock by the chisel at a time. Um, so doing something right does not mean doing something right now. My second piece of advice I would tell my younger self, um, and I've learned this recently, was that I think a billionaire, I forget who it was, he said that there's gonna be doors that slam in your face all the time. You're gonna have failures. Like there's gonna be things that just don't work out for you, um, but you have to keep going. That's the first piece of advice. The second follow-up is that you have to show up every single day with the same amount of energy you had in the beginning. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't mean you have to be all peppy and fun and rosy um, all the time, but it just means you have to give everything you do with the same enthusiasm. And that's what I try to do. I try to go things at it in a way that even if my past decisions and actions were kind of failures, I'm still going. Like, I'm not going to get downtrodden yet. Sometimes, you know, I fail, but most of the time I keep pushing myself to show up with the same passion and drive and, you know, bubbliness as I can. And that has helped me, you know, just to keep going forward. So. That is a great, you know, couple of great advices there. And well, first of all, I didn't know it's your birthday. So happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> It's, uh, it was <laughs> that's great um so thanks a lot for you know um for everything that you've shared with us uh for opening up um you know your struggles and you know all of these things that um that people would have realized that success is not it's not you know a finger snap that you have to work on it and like you say you have to be consistent every single day with the same amount of energy you know because um it's 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 easy to be excited at first, but it's hard to be consistent. And it's easy to be consistent, but it's hard to be consistent with the high energy. So, man, like it's it's a tough job, right? But I think that's it's 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 not it's not complicated the rule to success, but it is not easy. Um, well, Rachel, it's been a really fun conversation. I love I love you know hearing all your stories, getting to know who you are as an artist as well as a, as a person and I very much appreciate you know your your time to set aside uh, you know after your birthday party uh, to be here with us um, for people who kind of want to learn about you know uh, what is artverse or who you are and uh, some of the art that you are working on or you're planning to work on what is the best way to get to know you and find you well you can find me on Twitter, and right now my name is a little bit press, um, but it's 0x Wanderbitch. And <laughs> the reason why it's Wanderbitch is because whenever I, I've told people I'm a photographer and I travel, they always look at my Instagram and then they're like, oh, you, you take pictures. Oh, they're so good. I'm like, yeah, what do you think I just said? <laughs> and I think the idea is that they think I'm some sort of like influencer model. And I'm like, no, four foot nine of me is not in front of the camera. Um, I do not flow around in fluffy dresses all the time, which are beautiful shots. I don't fault them, but that's not me. And so 
you know, I've met several people who are like, oh, I'm a wonder babe. And I'm like, are you really? <laughs> I know I see you laughing, but it's like, I travel to very remote places. I push myself physically to get to some of these places where it's like backpacking for days or things like that. And it's not just camping gear, it's camera gear. So it's extra heavy. Um, <laughs> and for me, my Twitter name is kind of like a little dig where I'm like, I am a wander babe. I, I wander all the time. I travel. I, I love traveling and exploring the world, but I'm also a bitch because, <laughs> um, so that was just badass. A That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's just something different, you know, something that I was like, this makes me feel better. Um, but you can find me as the traveling elf, like the traveling elf on Instagram. That's fun. Um, I don't, I'm not nearly as active on it anymore, but, um, I still sometimes post stories of what I'm doing. And if you want to learn more about the art first, um, the art first website is artfirstproject.com. You can also find it on under the Twitter handle art first project as well. Um, but uh, yeah, we're minting right now. The second expansion for membership is live right now, which is really fun to see a bunch of new people joining. And we actually have an NFT treasure hunt coming up on July, no, June 30th and July 1st. Uh, Art First holders are able to join and actually win NFTs for free. Um, some of them are like the Logging Academy to Johnny Mellon's Mint Pass. Um, incredible, incredible, successful man who's been able to make a living from his blogging. Uh, he, he knows his stuff and that's, that's an incredible uh, ability to win something like that for free. Um, we have like cybersecurity books. We have like the first sci-fi book ever minted to the blockchain as one of the prizes that people can find. We have art from a lot of the art first holders. Um, and that's just a few of the things. Like we have a lot of fun stuff in this NFT treasure hunt that we are doing. Um, but that's just, you know, just a fun opportunity that we bring to the art first holders. Um, there's much, much more to it than that, but you know, we're also still growing. And um, it's just been amazing just seeing how the art first has grown. So yeah, people can, who wanna come in at the super, super low price of 0.08 Ethereum, can come in, um, but the price does raise on July 1st, just because the cost of running Art First is a lot. And um, we want to be able to continue providing benefits and perks and goodies to our holders. That's exciting. That is, um, that's amazing. And <laughs> I love your little back uh, story about uh, the wonder bitch. <laughs> I absolutely enjoyed that. I know, um, you know, I, I usually mute my mic when I, um, when, when you talk, because sometimes it can be distractive. But I was just laughing my ass off and my partner is like sleeping upstairs. I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> uh, it's it's been such a pleasure rachel uh thank you very much for being here and sharing all this and for everything you've done with uh you know to the community um you know i'd uh, i joined in your second mint i missed out on the first mint because i was in nepal at that time so when i came down i was like oh okay it's everything exciting always happen uh, apparently always happen when i'm away it's it's really annoying 
um, but yeah, I'm glad that I can be part of it. Um, you know, through through the second min. So, um, that's how we actually connect. So, yeah. All right. Well, Rachel, um, I know your your time is limited and you're busy with everything else that you're trying to build and make impact in this world. Um, so we're just gonna wrap this up. And like I say, I want to um, you know, give you a sincere gratitude to, for um, let you share this story of yours and bring some inspiration to those who might not dare yet and who been wondering if they're on the right path. Um, thank you very much for being here, uh, Rachel. Uh, uh, yeah, appreciate that. Thank you so much, Stanley, for having me on. I really appreciate just having this time to, you know, share a little bit more of who I am. I know sometimes I focus so much on others and trying to raise others, I do forget myself sometimes. So it's been nice. It's been really nice just to talk with you. Yeah, I'm glad you you have that. Um, you know, you feel you feel that way. Um, you know, I think a lot of time we so focus about content and sales that we forgot to share our story, you know, and that's, that's actually um, how I got inspired to follow photography is from people's stories. So, um, you know, um, I think our story have a lot, uh, a lot of impact other than um, our art as well as our project. So, well, Wiki Hunters, thank you very much for tuning in. And I hope you are, you know, taking a lot of notes there because there's a whole bunch of wisdom and advices that, um, you know, Rachel has dropped. It was, uh, it was such a great conversation. And um, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a little comment below and so that you don't, um, you know, miss out on the next guest and the next podcast. But with that being said, I'll see you guys in ne uh, next week. Have a wicked, wicked week and I'll see you later.